Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to our show. Today we are going to, Randy, be covering the sixth desire. The six of seven desires, and uh, this series seems to be flying by for us, and we're getting uh, some very encouraging comments based on this new series. And uh, tell our audience what the sixth of seven desires is today. Well, and uh, let me preface this by saying that the desires are in no necessary order of importance, uh, just tends to be how we think about them, but... The sixth desire is the desire to be chosen. Okay. Now, I think one of the easiest ways to start thinking about this desire is that many of us, I think, have memories from our past of times when we felt left out, that we uh, didn't belong, that uh, we had been excluded from something, that there was a, a group of people who did get chosen for something and, and we did not. It could be anything from a sports team, uh, a, a seat in the uh, lunch cafeteria, uh, a club, a fraternity, a sorority, you know, those kinds of things where uh, we felt not chosen for something. We didn't get the prize. We didn't get selected. We didn't get picked. Uh, could be out in the uh, playground and we didn't get picked for the team. Or, you right. know, there's just so many different times in our life, I think, when we've been up against uh, wanting to be chosen for something and not being chosen. And I think that's uh, one of those desires that uh, starts to be evident from a very young age in our lives, where you know s- some of the other desires that we've been talking about you might not be relevant uh, in your adolescent years, but this particular one really feels to me like uh, you start taking note of this desire right away. Yeah, I think it's uh, a desire that, uh, because it is so natural, and that's a point that we've been making about all seven of these desires, that they are desires that God has put inside of us, uh, so that we remember that we need to be connected to God, and we need to be connected to each other, and there's certain things that we desire that will push us in the direction of that kind of connection. Uh, We also need to remind our listeners of something we've been talking about, that God promises us that if we delight in the Lord, this is Psalm 137, verse 4, uh, he will grant us the desires of our heart. So I think they all start early, you know, the desire to be heard and understood, affirmed, blessed, safe, touched. Those are the ones we've covered so far. And this one, I think, starts early also. It starts on the uh, playground, it starts in preschool, it starts in our families. You know, we we desire to be chosen, uh, to be wanted, to be... Uh, uh, longed for in a way, I we think Debbie and I think that this is the desire behind that uh, inherent need we have for even monogamy in marriage. We want to be the only one in someone else's life. We want to be the special friend. What is this thing that people use when they tweet or something called BFF, best friends, best friends forever, best friends forever. Uh, 
So, you know, uh, I remember uh, our daughter, for example, had a best friend in the neighborhood. They had these little lockets with half a heart and the other mm-hmm. half. The other one wore the other half. I mean, we have this desire, I think, to be a special friend, the only friend. And I think when we get older, that translates into the desire to be in a uh, monogamous type of marriage and that kind of thing. Well, you certainly do want to feel like you are more than just a special friend. When you're talking about your spouse, uh, you hope that that's a situation that never changes uh, throughout your years of marriage. You'd love to have that reassurance that you are your spouse's chosen one. That's right. And uh, uh, dare we make the uh, comment here in the opening part of our show today that when... uh, some of us have chosen to be uh, unfaithful, you know, even if it's just looking at pornography or, uh, in worst case scenario, having across the flesh line physical sexual affairs with other people. We're, we are trampling over this deep desire that we all have to be the only one in another person's life. One of my favorite persons to comment on this without uh, necessarily participating in our system, but John Ortberg. Uh, who used to be at Willow Creek and now is uh, at uh, his own church out in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, he talks about we all long for a culture of two. So like when we're dating, um, we establish our favorite songs, our favorite places to go, our favorite sayings, our nicknames for each other, you know, those kinds of things. That's establishing that culture of two. And, I, you know, how many of us can relate to the angst that starts developing even in pre-adolescence, will there ever be a person uh, of the opposite sex that will be attracted to us, that will want to be with us, that will be open to dancing with us at the junior high dance or uh, going with us to the prom or whatever else it is, and then eventually, of course, being chosen uh, as a marriage partner. Um, this is a this is a real deep desire that has many manifestations to it. Right. And uh, I'm excited about this particular desire coming up uh, for the show today because uh, a very short while ago, one of our regular listeners was kind enough to share uh, his personal uh, experience with this particular desire. Uh, came uh, unsolicited, came out of nowhere, but I know that this individual is a regular listener for us. And uh, uh, after we go to break uh, and when we come back, I'm going to share this with our listeners because I think it's right on point uh, with, uh, with this uh, desire. Good enough. Before we get to break, why don't we just challenge our listeners uh, to also think about the strategies that we've had to be chosen. So the desire inherent in all of us to be chosen by others and to be chosen eventually by one person in marriage uh, has a lot of different uh, possible dynamics in terms of what will we do in order to be chosen. So uh, this can go to, I remember clearly back in grade school even, wanting to wear the same kind of clothes that everyone was wearing. Um, having the right tennis shoes, or I suppose they're now called athletic shoes, having the right kind of jeans back in our day, having the right kind of shirts, sweaters, or whatever the apparel was that was in, we all longed to wear that. Uh, hairstyles. Um, for women, of course, there's the, the various fashions, the various makeups, the various kinds of hairdos or whatever else is uh, currently in fashion. That uh, What lengths do we go to? you know, to uh, be 
uh, chosen as being part of the in-group or in-crowd. I think uh, even more importantly than that, there's that part of us that will sometimes run counter to our own ideas of what is moral and immoral. Uh, We may say yes to doing things that we don't really want to do, but we're afraid that if we don't say yes to those things, we won't be chosen. Right. You're doing all of this for acceptance. I myself find myself just longing for hair, you know. Well, (laughs) yeah, but unfortunately in your case, uh, you're married and uh, to a lovely woman who accepts you just the way you are, and that's what really being chosen is all about, Well, I I guess so, and and her failing eyesight really kind of... That helps too, I suppose. (laughs) That works in my favor. Thank you. (laughs) I hope she's not listening at no, the moment in terms she, of failing no, eyesight. No, she, she, she's not, and as she tries to tell me now, you know, she thinks I'm I'm more handsome today than I was 23 years ago when we first met. So, um, well, let's take our break, and when we come back, we'll share the trigger of the week, and then uh, share this uh, this email that we received on the desire to be chosen. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Gypsy wind is blowing warm tonight The sky is starlit and the time is right And still you're telling me you have to go Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Something you should know, babe. you smiling in the summer sun I've seen your long hair flying when you run I've made my mind up that it's meant to be Someday lady you'll accompany me Someday lady you'll accompany me Time now for the trigger of the week Trigger of the week, Randy. Uh, I, myself, this is not from our, uh, our focus group, the Tuesday night men's counseling group, or the Wednesday night men's counseling group, or the Monday night men's counseling group. It's really uh, based on my own experience. This week, for some reason, uh, I went to the health club at a different time. And we've talked about triggers at health clubs before. That's not where I'm going with this. Most health clubs these days have TVs that you can watch while you're there on the treadmill, on the bike, or whatever you're doing. And... Uh, so I, you know, I had my normal routine. I'm normally there in the early morning before I come to work, and you know, I'm watching some of the uh, 
the regular network shows, the good morning shows, and you know uh, that kind of thing. Uh, I, this time I was there later in the morning, and I was exposed to uh, one of the entertainment shows. And I won't identify the network or the people involved in this. It was a clearly entertainment show. They were covering uh, one of the award shows that had been uh, taking place recently. They were talking about some particular songs, some particular attire, some particular gestures and movements and innuendos and language. Uh, and it was clear that, to me, as I'm watching this, and of course I'm watching this with my counseling self, uh, it just appeared to me that these relatively good-looking adults uh, were in a very adolescent place. You know, They were just teasing about a lot of physical things, a lot of sexual things. And uh, I'm, I'm just there in the health club uh, remembering, and of course a lot of people are watching this kind of stuff and being influenced to think, that this kind of um, language, this kind of behavior, this kind of stuff is normal and stuff that we should all emulate, which kind of segues us back to our uh, desire that we're talking about this week, which is uh, if we're watching the standards of culture out there, including the entertainment industry, uh, that can give us some really false perceptions of what we need to look like or act like in order to be chosen. So that's why, to me, it's it's a kind of a a valuable trigger of the week to think about uh, this week in light of this desire. Uh, we don't need to go to the extremes that Hollywood would call us to go to in order to be chosen or considered attractive, valuable, or wanted. Right. Well, let's return then to uh, today's subject of the desire to be chosen. And as I had promised uh, before the break, I'm going to share with you an email that we received from one of our loyal listeners. I won't identify uh, the gentleman, but he is one of our uh, loyal listeners, as I said. Uh, He addresses this, uh, Dear Mark and Randy, I've been listening intently in the morning as you discuss the seven desires on the Men of Valor program. My wife and I have really learned the importance of the seven desires as we have worked through our recovery, and I wanted to share my story on the seven desires and being chosen and included. For me, when I was young, in junior high and high school, I was part of a friend group that meant very much to me. The group had three guys and one girl. Well, these friends meant everything to me. They were the gods of my youth. They were my nice friends. They were smart They were talented, and I would describe them as the kind of friends that your teachers and parents would want you to be hanging out with. Well, the one girl in our group started dating, and I became jealous, and and that was very obvious to my other friends. To make a long story short, we got together every Friday night to do things. I was calling around one night, and all three of them were busy. And there was not really a good story coming from any of them about what was going on. Well, that struck me as extremely odd. Since I had nothing to do that night and feeling a little odd about not hanging out with my regular friends, I jumped in my car. I drove past the girl's house, the girl from my group of friends, where we hung out most of the time on a Friday night, and several cars had just pulled into her driveway. I saw heads hanging out of windows and yelling and laughing as they had just arrived at her house. I vividly remember how much fun they were having, and I had this vivid mental picture of the exact scene as when I first saw them. I think the first thing I felt was, wow, there's my friends. I remember my car stopping in the street outside her house. Then the gravity of what was going on hit me. They had planned this event with her new boyfriend, 
and the rest of my regular friends, and I was not included. I was not invited. I did not feel chosen. For the next 15 years, I could remember that event, and tears would roll down my cheeks. I lived in the pain of that event for many years. The people that meant the most to me had hurt me by not including and not choosing me. Well, we did work through the events, as kids and young friends often do, but the hurt and the pain remained for many years. Fast forward to my addiction. Well, there are some specific sexual fantasies and sexual acts that I believe are clearly more symbolic of being chosen and included. I describe them as ultimate ways of feeling chosen and included. Well, since my wife and I are in a good spot of emotional honesty, we have discussed the seven desires with each other quite a bit. My wife also has a high desire to be included for different pain reasons than mine. I try to serve her by including her in my thoughts and feelings. Likewise, my wife tries to choose and include me in non-sexual ways. The result to me is that it has lessened the hold of my ultimate fantasies within me. And that's a, a really powerful example of everything that we teach here. Not everything, but certainly one of the main principles we teach is that every fantasy... Uh, is a reflection of an unmet need and desire of the heart. So that uh, sometimes we fantasize about things that we imagine would meet the need to be, in this case, chosen. And there are, like uh, this uh, writer talks about, there are certain sexual fantasies, sexual practices, uh, sexual experiences that, that virtually really symbolize the ultimate form of being chosen. And we can come to overvalue them and... Uh, um, interpret you know, uh, sexual yeses and, and so forth to be ways that we personally feel chosen. So I think uh, this is a wonderful testimony at the end that if we really are working on deeper intimacy with our spouse and we are really working to choose them by including them in our feelings, our thoughts, our behaviors, our actions, not lying but telling the truth and all of that, and our spouse is, you know, likewise in kind, being open and honest and intimate with us, it will take away the need for all inappropriate fantasies because we are at that level feeling chosen at a very deeply intimate, both spiritual and emotional level. Well, I appreciated that by sharing his personal story here. First of all, uh, it reemphasized what you referenced earlier in the show when, when you had said that this... Uh, like the other desires, this one can really be relevant early on. And he, he referenced that this group of friends were mm -hmm. his, his junior high and high school friends, but here he is in adulthood and still vividly remembers, mm -hmm. you know, this, this desire to be included and to be chosen by his group of friends. Well, it was very uh, sad, wasn't it, when he was describing how uh, long it took him really to... Uh, begin to recover from that one experience, which is interesting, even though the friends evidently worked it through at some point and uh, talked talked it out, and um, maybe they matured in their high school relationships and uh, were able to uh, remain friends and so forth. Those uh, experiences like that, they do kind of get uh, emblazoned in your brain. They do get uh, imprinted, is another word we sometimes use neuroscientifically, uh, and we start making associations uh, about ourselves and about others and about God even. And so these, uh, 
these these kind of common. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to this experience. You know, you drive down the block and you notice someone else is having a party and you're not invited. Right. So. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? Yeah. I'm not there. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. And uh, I think, uh, like I said earlier, some of that goes back to even very early times. Before we get to the end of our show today, I, I do think we want to emphasize the fact that sometimes this whole desire that we have will lead to some very poor moral choices as we're looking to be chosen. Uh, how many people out there would relate to, for example, smoking? I, I know that uh, uh, there are people that I've talked to that said that they were you know, 13, 14, 15 when they started smoking, and it was because someone else handed them a cigarette and challenged them, and they wanted to feel a part of the group, and they wanted to be chosen. So they engaged in that kind of behavior. Uh, do we need to talk about alcohol? <laughs> you know, And uh, remember that a lot of people um, initially don't really like the taste of liquor, or for that matter, the taste of smoking, uh, but they engage in both drinking and, and other behaviors because it helps them to feel chosen. They want to be included they in that group included. of friends right. that are doing the same thing. When you and Debbie are counseling couples then, and uh, you so often, so effectively uh, teach them about the seven desires, how is it that you... Uh, translate this desire and your teachings on it to them as a couple? Well, in addition to the uh, spiritual journey, I think that this represents in terms of, uh, you know, do we not need to remember that um, in our Christian beliefs, uh, we have this definite uh, faith that God has, in fact, chosen us. We talk about the fact in the Old Testament that the Jewish people at that point were what? They were God's Chosen, chosen people, people. Mm -hmm. and uh, he had a very special covenant with them, uh, which is generally called the uh, Abraham uh, covenant. Uh, so the Jews for those early centuries were uh, God's chosen people. Uh, we believe as Christians that they still are God's chosen people, and at the same time, uh, with uh, sending his own son Jesus, uh, God has also chosen to open up his uh, salvation to everyone. And it's not just a specific group of people, but God's salvation is open to everyone. Now, as God has chosen us, we also need to choose that back. That's part of the new covenant that the New Testament talks about that is represented in an act of communion. An act of communion is uh, the new covenant of Jesus, the body and blood that we celebrate during the sacrament of well, the Eucharist. It, it's so interesting because uh, so often when you are working with someone who is uh, apparently um, uh, suffering with some low self-esteem, mm -hmm. this is someone who most definitely is experiencing a lack of being chosen, a lack of being included. And I think that uh, when you realize that we have been chosen by God, what an empowering feeling of, if you're looking to feel confident, stop and realize that God has chosen you. Mm -hmm. And and that uh, that puts a whole new light on how you should be looking at your own self-worth. That's exactly it, and that's a lot of how we work with individuals here. You were asking a question about working with couples. Well, you know, the, the, the basis of working with couples is for the individuals in a coupleship to know that they are, in fact chosen and they are valued, valued. and that they are precious uh, 
children of God. Uh, so now having talked about that, then we really try to work with couples to help them know how they can honor the exclusivity of their relationship. And for our men that we work with, we're going to be talking to them and teaching them a lot about healthy boundaries and not having emotional even conversations with other women that they would not have with their wife, or uh, even if they would have them with their wife, it's an exclusive level of intimacy that they're not sharing with uh, other people. Uh, so uh, a lot of uh, the work that we do with couples is teaching them how to uh, shepherd their own relationship, nurture their own relationship, protect their own relationship, allow it to be special. Uh, we, we encourage them to go out and have you know, a vision together of lots of things from finances to how they parent to how they have fun together. That's one of our favorite categories. I mean, couples who are in an exclusive, we choose only each other relationship, know how to go out and have fun together. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to do this, but it's an inherently important thing in our field that uh, we, are, we are honoring uh, the God-designed uh, monogamy that he calls us to. Well, let's wrap up today's show then, as you so eloquently do on a regular basis. Uh, take today's desire and, uh, and give us a closing thought on it. Well, just to return to truth, you are chosen. God chooses you. You are his special son or daughter. Don't ever forget that. I don't care what you've done in your past. There's nothing that separates you from the love of God. That's biblical truth. Now, also... Uh, if you have some hurtful experiences in the past, find authentic and healthy community to talk about it so that you can get through it and grieve it. And then I would just uh, challenge all of our listeners to be very cognizant this week of valuing the friendships you do have and valuing very much the marital relationship you're in so that you can demonstrate to each other on a daily basis that you choose each other. And we feel uh, completely blessed to be chosen uh, that you would listen to our show today. Uh, we thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. We thank Ben Laser for his help with uh, engineering uh, the show today. And uh, we hope that you have found today's show to be a benefit to you. Thanks for listening to the Men of Valor program, and we'll be back with you again next week. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.